0: Thanks for listening to the Thyroid Fixer podcast with your host, me, Dr. Amy Horniman, AKA the Thyroid Fixer, functional medicine practitioner, hormone and weight loss expert. We're talking all things thyroid, hormone, and health-related in order to empower, educate, and transform you. So if you're ready to get your life back, let's get started. Hey, everyone, we are talking about something very, very controversial today, and that is peptides. Many of you have been asking about me giving you more detailed information on peptides, and I will. I will. I promise. I I finally thought about it. I was going to do this just for patients only, and then I said, you know what? Screw it. Peptides are amazing. Everyone needs to know about them. So this is your peptide episode. So I'm going to start with a disclaimer peptides are mostly illegal in the United States unless they are used for research purposes only. And I'm using air quotes there. The reason being is because, well, number one, peptides are natural. They are sequences of amino acids and I'll give you a better description here in a moment. They are sequences of amino acids and therefore cannot be patented. You're not gonna find this on Google, right? They can't be patented And they cannot be made into a drug by a drug manufacturer. Thus, something natural that actually might work can't be run through a drug company and charge a bajillion dollars and then build your insurance for a million dollars. And you see where I'm going. Let's follow the money trail in all things medical, right? Are you finally at your wit's end where you are tired of dealing with doctor after doctor? Like you don't even believe it, but I promise you, I promise you, we will take good care of you. So click the link in the show notes, book a call today, and we'll be talking to you soon. So with peptides, they hold so much promise for so many different things from fat loss to healing to immunity. And I will give you my personal experience with peptides as well at the end. So hang on for that little story of Wolverine healing that I did for myself. But let's start with what is a peptide. And when you're listening to this, please, another disclaimer. I have to put this in here. This is not intended to give you medical advice. This is not intended to tell you to go purchase peptides from a research facility. This is me giving you information. You take it in, you write it down, and you do with it what you will. Do not send me an email asking for dosing instructions or reconstitution instructions. This is strictly information only. Okay, what is a peptide? Many of you might have heard different interviews where practitioners talk about peptides and you're like, what is this peptide thing? And they all have different names. You might've heard BPC-157, TB-500, thymusin-alpha, ipamorelin, and you're going, what are all these crazy names? These are names of peptides. So a peptide is a biologically occurring chemical p- compound containing two or more amino acids connected to one another by peptide bonds. A peptide bond is a covalent bond. Remember back in, ooh, I'm bringing you back to high school, right? Covalent bond that is formed between two amino acids when a carboxyl group or a C- Terminus of one amino acid reacts with the amino acid group of N terminus of another amino acid in a condensation reaction. A molecule of water is released during the reaction. The resulting bond is a CONH bond and forms a peptide or an amide molecule. Likewise, peptide bonds are amide bonds. The word peptide itself comes from the Greek word meaning to digest. Peptides are an essential part of nature and biochemistry, and thousands of peptides occur naturally in the human body and in animals. Very important to note, peptides are naturally occurring. In addition, new peptides are being discovered and synthesized regularly in the lab as well. So we have natural occurring peptides and we have lab-based peptides. Peptides can be used for a variety of functions. So they can be used for immunity, like I said, increasing fat loss, increasing healing. So I know you guys want me to start with the fat loss part because that is the big one that you're all thinking of. So we are gonna talk about that. When we're talking about peptides, first of all, they come in a powdered form. So whenever you, if you choose to order your own peptides from a research facility, then they're going to come in a powder form. Now, there are some compounding pharmacies that are out there that your doctor can, well, okay, let me back up, that your very, very forward-thinking, functional or integrative doctor that knows a thing or two about peptides can prescribe for you, and you can actually get them from a compounding pharmacy. So there are still some peptides out there for use that can be prescribed, and they can be shipped to you from a compounding pharmacy. I have multiple patients on Kispeptin. That is a peptide for fertility. Some are on BPC-157. That's a peptide that we'll talk about for gut healing as well as body healing, healing from surgery, healing from injuries or wounds. Those can still be prescribed. So you can actually have your choice of trying to find a doctor that prescribes them and then getting them from a compounding pharmacy via prescription or you can order them yourself from a research-based facility. Now, when you're ordering them, again, from a research-based facility, and I keep backing up, because I want you guys to know the the groundwork here. It's going to come in that powdered form. You have to get bacteriostatic water or sterile water in order to reconstitute it. So whenever I say reconstitute, it means putting the water into the peptide and making it into a liquid formula. Peptides are injected. So right there, I know I'm gonna lose some of you because you're gonna be like, I don't want to inject anything, I'm scared of needles. Most peptides, now BPC-157 does come in a, in a capsule form, but most peptides need to be injected just simply for their delivery. Because if you do take it orally, they're going to be broken down and and rendered useless pretty much. So when we're talking about injecting peptides, we're talking about using an insulin needle, a teeny tiny little little insulin needle, and you're injecting subcutaneously, meaning you're grabbing a big old ball of fat somewhere on your body, and you're putting the needle into it, injecting subcutaneously. So you're injecting underneath the skin into fat. So you don't have to do an IM injection. You don't have to do an intramuscular injection. Many of you, maybe you've shot yourself up with B12 or testosterone intramuscularly. It kind of is a pain in the ass to do and it hurts a little bit. You got you to get up some courage to jam that needle into your muscle, right? But doing things sub-Q using an insulin syringe, easy breezy right into your fat. So when we're talking about peptides for fat loss, most of the time we are talking about peptides that will increase growth hormone. And growth hormone is, as we have talked about in previous episodes, as it relates to my supplement, the Hormone Fixer that increases your growth hormone. Naturally, growth hormone is your anti-aging hormone. Growth hormone levels decline as we age in everybody. After the age of 30, your growth hormone is starting to come down the other side. It's tanking. So growth hormone levels decline as we age. And growth hormone is our anti-aging hormone. If we remember back in the day with Suzanne Somers, her original books from like 2005 talked about growth hormone and how that is the anti-aging hormone. It's good for fat loss, keeping your muscle, keeping your skin plump, collagen and elastin formation. All of that depends on growth hormone. And peptides that increase fat loss and well-being are usually, usually tied to increasing your growth hormone. So there's one peptide in particular called ipamorelin, and this particular peptide, it belongs to a class known as growth hormone-releasing peptides. So these are your GHRPs, growth hormone-releasing peptide. And I'm gonna talk about GHRP two and six here in a second as well. So ipamorelin is naturally occurring, and it's not, when you're talking about a growth hormone-releasing peptide, It's stimulating your own body, it's stimulating your pituitary to release more growth hormone. So in the bodybuilding circles, in the, let's say, pro-athlete circles, you might hear about certain athletes being busted for the use of growth hormone. That is exogenous growth hormone, true growth hormone that they are injecting into their body to change their own levels of growth hormone. A growth hormone-releasing peptide is just stimulating your body to release its own growth hormone. So a GHRP epimorylin doesn't have those same side effects as if you were to actually use endogenous growth hormone. Side effects with increased GH that you'll see in the definitely the pro-bodybuilding community, a little bit in the pro-athlete community, you can start to see their bellies start to push out, so even a a pro bodybuilder will have a six pack on stage, right? Be ripped to shreds, stacked, muscular, and you might see their belly looks like a turtle because it's pushing out, but yet you still see the definition of that six pack or eight pack or whatever they have. That's growth hormone actually increasing the size of your organs. Now, I don't want you to be scared. We're talking about large amounts of growth hormone Given over time, not really following the normal growth hormone secretion curve that our bodies have. So this is an excessive amount of growth hormone being taken in endogenously on top of the growth hormone that they already are producing. So you know, normally these are guys in their like 20s, 30s, 40s, still kind of young. Yes, growth hormone declines after the age of 30, but it's not the same side effects as using like an endogenous growth hormone. So with a GHRP. Growth hormone releasing peptide, you're stimulating your own release of growth hormone. The other thing that endogenous growth hormone does is it can release cortisol and prolactin. Now, we don't want to release cortisol because many of you are running with high cortisol, and that's the last thing you want is increased cortisol when you're trying to have a really nice thyroid function, right? Really good thyroid function. We don't want that. So we want the proper amount of growth hormone being released to increase your metabolism and increase lipolysis or fat burning. Growth hormone also, like I mentioned earlier, it helps with your skin. It helps with deep sleep. So that's why a lot of you are experiencing better sleep on my hormone fixer supplement because of that increase in growth hormone naturally that gets you into a deeper REM state of sleep. And with deeper sleep, we see better repair and healing. We see better regulation of our insulin and blood sugar. So those of you who are insulin resistant, you want that deeper sleep in order to balance out your growth hormone or your blood sugar and your insulin so that you're not a fat storage machine all the time. So deep sleep equals weight loss. And you get deeper sleep with an increased release of your own growth hormone. Now, the normal dosing schedule for any any of these growth hormone-releasing peptides that we're talking about, whether it's ipamorelin, whether it's ipamorelin with CJC-1295, that's another combination. I really just like ipamorelin for males and females. And if we're talking about GHRP2 or GHRP6, the dosing is usually given right before bed on an empty stomach, on an empty stomach, because growth hormone peptides, GHRPs, they don't increase your insulin, but if you take it and then you eat, it really is kind of working with that, it's being canceled out. So the food that you eat will cause an insulin secretion from your pancreas, and that high insulin will essentially cancel out the growth hormone. So we want low insulin levels and high growth hormone levels. That's the same thing as after exercise. That's why I tell you sometimes wait like a half an hour, an hour after you work out, ride that high growth hormone that you get naturally after lifting heavy shit at the gym, ride that growth hormone because as soon as you eat, boom, growth hormone goes down. So you want to be in a fasted state, you want to take this right before bed. And like I said, I am not going to tell you how to reconstitute it. There are peptide calculators out there that you can figure this out on your own, but the normal dose is really around 100 to 200 micrograms daily at night. So this is taken at night before bed. And when you do this, you will notice fat loss, deeper sleep, improved skin, improved recovery, We can also use ipamorelin in a recovery stack. So we're gonna be moving on to that too. Recovering from an injury, a wound, surgery, sickness, you can absolutely use ipamorelin or any of the GHRPs in a recovery stack as well, just simply because of that increased growth hormone. Okay, ipamorelin's effect on growth hormone. It does not affect prolactin or cortisol, we talked about that. You can use it, some people will use it with CJC-1295. This is a growth hormone releasing hormone. So this is a GHRH, growth hormone releasing hormone. So CJC-1295 is sometimes paired up with ibuprofen, but we see the same effects with ibuprofen. So you have a peptide at home and you've been looking at it, and you're like, you know, I read somewhere, that this ipamorelin and CGC-1295 really go good together, you can still use that. But if you're ordering for the first time, I would just get ipamorelin. And you always want to take two days off. So you go five days on and then two days off. You want to run this for about two months and then take a break. So then absolutely take a break. Take about a month off as a break from any kind. This is for any peptide. You always want to cycle them through. Now, tesamorelin, tesamorelin is actually FDA approved, believe it or not, because they use it in, uh, in HIV patients for the treatment of lipodystrophy or abdominal adiposity. So it it reduces that visceral abdominal fat and it can lower triglycerides. Tesamorelin is a little bit tougher to get. It's, it's a lot tougher to get. But tesamorelin is absolutely a fantastic peptide for fat loss. It's a bit more expensive if you can even find it. And there that kind of dosing, you want to go about one milligrams once or twice a day. So if you're doing twice a day, you can do an AM dosing right before you work out. I tend to like AM dosing better than PM because as many of you know, I'm, I'm a Netflix snacker. So at night, my wind-down time is to watch some movies or series on Netflix, and I like to have my snack then. I would rather fast in the morning, just naturally. If I'm listening to my body's signals, I'm fasting in the morning naturally. So I do better dosing any of my peptides in the morning because I always have an empty stomach then. Whereas before bed, I know, do as I say, not as I do. I tell you, stop eating like an hour or two before bed. But sometimes I'm eating up to an hour before bed. And then I get really tired and then I go to bed. And ultimately, I forget to dose myself in the evening. So you can dose it in the morning if that is also a problem for you. And in peptides like teslamorillin, you can dose it a.m. and p.m. But again, 90 minutes, no food, fasted. You can do cardio after, but I don't want you drinking coffee after because that can raise your insulin and then render that peptide ineffective, totally ineffective. Okay, so we're talking about IPA, we're talking about TESA, back to that CJC, and sometimes you'll see CJC 1295 with DAC or without DAC, that's D-A-C, DAC, and that's a long-acting version of a GHRH, a growth hormone-releasing hormone. Now, this has a half-life of up to eight days. That doesn't mean that you want to use it once every eight days. You want to use it just similarly like you would use epimarellin or and you wanna use it once a day. The problem with it having a half-life of eight days when it's combined with the CJC is now you're starting to build upon itself. And now you're you're risking the shutdown of your body's own natural production. So even with growth hormone, like real endogenous growth hormone, that is one of the the potential side effects, one of the things you have to be aware of is that when you are using it, you can shut down your body's natural production. Very similarly to when we're talking about thyroid hormone, I get this question all the time too. If I start taking... Thyroid medication, will I shut down my body's own production? Well, yes, maybe, but your body's not producing enough anyways. Your body isn't producing enough, and we're talking about the thyroid, your body's not producing enough T4 and T3 anyway, so we might as well substitute with some, and we might as well replace hormones that are no longer being properly made. So the same thing if we start using growth hormone, exogenous, real, growth hormone, then yes, you will shut down your body's own production of it, and you will have to continue using it long-term. The nice thing about GHRPs, they don't shut down that natural production. They don't have that negative feedback loop associated with it. Some do say that CJC-1295 does, and some say that it only stimulates the body's exogenous growth hormone, so there's no risk of shutdown. I say you do a little bit of research on your own. I would personally stick with Ipamorelin. Now, one thing that you can see with any of these growth hormone-releasing hormones or growth hormone-releasing peptides is improved muscle strength too. So muscle gain, increased strength, which of course correlates to fat loss. Because again, I'm going back to my hormone fixer. The hormone fixer raises your testosterone, which is your get shit done hormone. It's gonna give you more motivation. It's gonna give you deeper sleep. It raises your growth hormone. It helps with fat loss. It helps balance insulin. So very similar to what these peptides do, or specifically the growth hormone peptides, you are building muscle which is more metabolically active. So in the long run, that is going to help you burn more body fat. Anytime that we increase our metabolism, whether it's through increasing, optimizing our thyroid, increasing testosterone, using peptides, using supplements, we are looking at short-term and long-term gains. The short term is improved fat loss, so this is actually stimulating your body's growth hormone to improve the use of fat for fuel. And in the long run, we're looking at building muscle, building endurance, building strength to where then you are kind of walking around with a better metabolism. You're more metabolically active. You're more metabolically efficient overall. Now this does not mean that you can take peptides and sit on the couch and eat bonbons. You have to get your ass to the gym. You can't grow muscle by thinking about it, although I think there is a study out there. It's that whole like mind-body connection thing where guys actually thought about doing a bicep curl and their biceps grew. I don't know, I don't know, perhaps. But I would like you to get your butt off the couch and get to the gym so that you actually can lift heavy weights. To grow that sexy lean muscle and get the most out of everything that you're doing because if you're spending it listen peptides aren't cheap they are they are not cheap so if you're going to be spending the money you have to do the lifestyle things that accompany it just like I said the peptides for fat loss have to be on an empty stomach they have to be taken before bed or in the morning before your cardio on an empty stomach not coffee Coffee will increase your insulin. That's the last thing you want is increased insulin when you're trying to be in a fasted state because then you're no longer in a fasted state. So these peptides have to be done in conjunction with lifestyle changes. Can't take a growth hormone peptide and then not sleep. You can't take a growth hormone peptide and stay up till 2 a.m. You just can't do it. You're not going to get the benefits. You can't, can't take a growth hormone releasing peptide and sit on your ass and not lift. It has to be all together. So the other two that I, that really deserve mention, and they're kind of considered old school, but yet not, is your GHRP6 and GHRP2. Now, you don't want GHRP6 because that actually can contribute to insulin resistance. That's the problem. That was a really old school peptide. It kind of went by the wayside. You can still find it, but it's a little bit tougher to find because it's just not used that much. So the manufacturing isn't is on par with things like and Tessimoralin and GHRP-2. So GHRP-2 came after GHRP-6. Remember, GHRP, growth hormone-releasing peptide. And GHRP-2 also has some really potential potent fat loss effects. I've tried it, and I I truly did notice. I I swear to God, I really did notice a decrease in fat loss. A friend of mine tried it, and she's who really kind of got me on to GHRP's like the GHRP two, because I kind of pushed it aside. It was you know, big around like maybe 10 years ago, maybe a little bit longer. And it, it, the, the GHRPs, when they were around back then, they were okay. You know, you started hearing about the insulin-resistant piece, which then you're like, well, then I'm negating the whole effect. I'm using this for fat loss, but it's causing insulin resistance? What gives? So it kind of got pushed to the wayside. Well, a friend of mine who... She, I have known her, oh my God, 25 years now, maybe longer. And she has always struggled with weight in her in her lower body, in her hips, butt, thighs. Tiny, tiny little waist, tiny little waist, absolutely gorgeous woman. But she's always, just like we are women, we are subconscious of certain areas of our body. So she was really subconscious about this particular area of her body, tried a variety of different things, we got her thyroid optimized, got her all on track. And she texts me, she's like, for the first time in how many years I am actually down to my fight in weight. And it's all since I started GHRP2. And this was even over, was it Halloween? Even over Halloween, was some Halloween candy. She still lost weight and noticed a large amount of fat reduction. So pretty potent pretty cool. So you got the GHRPs, you got the ipamorelin, you have the CJC-1295 we talked about, Tesamorelin that's a little bit harder to find. And then we have MOTS-C. So MOTS-C is mitochondrial-derived peptide. And this actually promotes metabolic homeostasis while reducing obesity and insulin resistance. Now, I have not tried Motsi. I've tried IPA, I've tried CJC, I've tried IPA and CJC. I have not tried tesla I have tried GHRP-2, and way back in the day, tried GHRP-6. And I have used growth hormone exogenously too, especially back when I was competing for a short amount of time. And I have not, all of those, I can tell you my real-world experience with, But with the MOTC, I don't know, but I can give you the information because it looks really, really beneficial and really promising. Its primary target organ is on the skeletal muscle, and its cellular action inhibits the folate cycle, leading to AMPK, which is activated protein kinase, the AMPK that's in your mitochondria. It leads to activation of the AMPK pathway, and that enhances fat burning. Promotes longevity. This is a little bit newer. Uh, It's a little bit newer. It upregulates mitochondrial function at the cellular level, provides more energy, fat loss, and improves insulin sensitivity. The daily dosing with that is, it it ranges widely when it comes to this. So I would say you try it in the morning because since you get that energy boost, Then again, I keep comparing it back to my hormone fixer, but very similar since it's improving sleep but yet it is because hormone fixer has an action on the mitochondria too with the the long jack fruit in it the tonkat ali actually improves mitochondrial function so with that we are seeing some people taking it in the evening and getting kind of like a second win. you get this little burst of energy well very same with mot c you want to be careful about taking it too late in the day because it could give you a little bit of a kick in the ass, a little little boost. So I would recommend taking it in the morning. And the range again, this is, this is going to require a little bit of a little bit of research on your part. But the range can go anywhere between two milligrams, two milligrams every three days, ten milligrams once a week. So you really have to kind of do some research on this and Mott C is actually talked about by Ben Greenfield in his new book Boundless so you might want to look that up check out Ben Greenfield because he does talk a lot about peptides he has a great article on BPC 157 as well that's what we're going to get into next peptides for healing so if you are injured if you have a surgery if you pull a muscle if you have a kick-ass workout at the gym and you feel like oh my god there's no way in hell i'm gonna recover from this then we have peptides for healing now there is something i got this from jay campbell called the wolverine stack that is what i did after surgery to speed heal and i must say i do believe it improved my healing tenfold I, i i truly truly believe that i would recommend Using peptides for healing post surgery 10 times over, 10 times over. So, one of the very first peptides that I implemented post surgery, but that I have had on hand even for minor injuries, is and, and when I had the big C last August, BPC 157 for healing, TB 500 that we're going to talk about, and thymus and alpha, huge immune booster. Biomus and alpha, TA. So yes, I added BPC all the way back then when I had the big C. And then I reintroduced it post-surgery. So BPC-157, like I said, Ben Greenfield has an amazing large article on this. Composed of 15 amino acids. It's a, par- it's a partial sequence of body protection compound, BPC. That's what it stands for, body protective compound that is discovered in and isolated from human gastric juice. So BPC also works on gut healing. So it's been demonstrated it accelerates the healing of wounds, tendon to bone healing, damaged ligaments, damaged muscle, muscle sprains, tears, skin burns because it increases blood flow to damaged tissues. And it also works on the gut at actually promoting gut healing, which BPC-157 is one of the only peptides that comes in capsulated form that you don't have to inject, although I will say the injections are a little bit more potent. BPC does come in encapsulated form so you can take it orally for some gut healing. BPC-157, it, it enhances your own healing processes. So it increases blood flow to damaged tissues. It helps to create new blood vessels and it increases veg f which is your body's naturally healing factor. So when we increase veg f and we increase blood flow, we get extra extra healing. I added this in when I had the big c because it also reduces those cytokines, that cytokine storm that we kept hearing about, inflammation. It calms that down and I took it after the big C to prevent that long standing, that long effect, I can't even say the word because I don't want to get flagged, that long effect of that inflammatory cytokine storm. So I took that during my healing process from the big C as well. So primary benefit of BPC-157, we talked about tissue, sprains, strains, ligament tears, broken bones protection against organs, prevention of gastric ulcers, and then it combats leaky gut, IBF, gastrointestinal cramps, and even all the way to Crohn's disease. BPC can be dosed in a variety of different ways. So some of these peptides, you do want to nail the dosing. You actually want to really do your research. Use a peptide calculator. Look how much bacteriostatic water you need to reconstitute it. Look how far to pull back on your insulin syringe to get the correct and then some you really can't f up so something like thymosin alpha you can take the whole damn bottle you could reconstitute that with 1ml of bacteriostatic water because you don't want to be injecting 3 milliliters of water in your body if you don't have to so you can reconstitute that with 1ml and inject the whole damn thing for that immune system kick again Disclaimer, check with your doctor before administration of any kind of peptides based on your own healing, on your own health, on your own health condition. Always ask your doctor, check with your pharmacist. This is not intended to diagnose or treat or give any kind of medical advice. I have to say that over and over again. I am giving you my own experience with peptides, right? Right, so I, let me phrase this differently, I reconstituted thymus and alpha with one milliliter of bacteriostatic water and injected the whole damn thing because I wanted immune system boost when I found out I had the big C. Now, I also do this before and after trips. So at the end of June, I'm going to a mastermind retreat. In the beginning of July, I'll be at KetoCon. So yeah, I'm going to boost my immune system as much as I possibly can to protect myself from all that garbage recirculated air on the plane. So I will be taking and alpha, and I'm going to throw in some BPC. So BPC, amazing, amazing, amazing for wound healing and all things healing. So this is, I'm just going to read you the, the short list. It's a long list. So we said muscle tears, bone tendon healing, ligament healing, gut, ulcers, Crohn's disease, has a general anti-inflammatory reaction action, reduces reactive oxygen species, gosh, say that five times fast, It reduces those ROSs, improves fibroblast migration, improves angiogenesis, it's cytoprotective, it upregulates VEGF, increases expression of GH receptors, that's growth hormone, release of nitric oxide, which is also very healing, just absolutely, absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. So that is definitely in my list of things to use to recover from anything or any kind of anti-inflammatory effect you need on the body, you can use BBC 157 So I talked about thymusin alpha, so I might as well talk about that next. Thymusin alpha is a 28-amino acid peptide that's naturally produ- produced in the thymus gland. First discovered in 1972. How about that? So ancestral supplements, you see me post about them all the time. I love them. I even give their stuff to my dog. So I have a big old bottle of thymus gland from ancestral too. So I will pair that up with thymus and alpha, 100% I will pair that up with it to strengthen my immune system. So TA1 increases the production of cytotoxic T cells. Those are your bad boys that go out and they fight. They fight the disease coming in. They fight the viruses. They fight the bacteria. Thymus and alpha is actually also successfully used to treat hepatitis C, hepatitis B, different melanomas. I mean, this thing is amazing. And I've also heard of some guys talking about having a bottle of thymus and alpha always, always, always in the fridge. If you induce this, if you administer this after a stroke, like as, as as fast as you can after any kind of stroke or heart attack, any kind of cardiac event. I mean, I know logically, right, if your friend or your spouse or loved one drops from a cardiac arrest, they're going to be at the hospital. You're not going to go to your fridge and be like, wait a minute, Bob, while I go get some thymus and alpha. But you can administer that after either one of those events and it has an immediate protective effect. I would have to find that paper. This was a while ago that I heard that and it stuck in my head to actually say, you know what, I always have to have a bottle of famicin alpha on hand because years ago my dad did have a cardiac arrest right in front of me. He was on his first round of chemotherapy and his tumor, broke down so fast after that first administration of chemotherapy that he actually had a, a toxic reaction that stopped his heart. And, I mean, this is a side story. If, if you want a little bit of a faith boost, I was there. I was actually dressed to go to yoga that morning, and I got a call from him, and he said, you got to come over. I'm having... I'm feeling a little bit weird. I'm like, okay, I'll go over. And a little voice had said, don't go to yoga. So yoga was at nine, his call was at 9.05. And I was fully dressed for yoga. So I go over to my dad's house. He's like, yeah, you know, I don't know. I'm having some chest pains. This is a total side story. Nothing to do with peptides. Although I'm, I'm gonna bring it in. I'm having chest pains and I'm like, well, he's like, should we call the ambulance? I'm like, yeah, that's gonna be a good idea. He goes, hold on, I'm gonna go to the bathroom first. And he walks back to the bathroom, and I hear a BAM. My, my chest is even, I'm, I'm having rapid heart rate telling you guys a story. And I have my phone in my hand, I dial 911. I went back, I see him on the floor. I started doing CPR. And if any of you have been trained in CPR one time, you will remember it when you have to save a life. Don't worry. So I'm doing CPR. I'm literally seeing my dad pass away in front of me. CPR saved his life. Paramedics saved his life. And he was in the hospital in a, a, what do they call it, like a brought on coma. And the ER doc, who was amazing, I still see him at the gym, love him to death. Kudos to you, Carlos. Came in and he was like, you know, I don't know whether he's, we don't know what his brain function's gonna be when he comes out of this, we really don't know. And I believe through prayer, he came out of it the next day, was totally fine writing on a paper like, what happened? <laughs> because you lose your memory, but totally digress. I completely digress. I would 100% have injected him with thymus and alpha for better heart protection. Now he ended, he's fine, he's fine. He's totally fine. He does not have any heart conditions. And that's a longer story. They did put a defibrillator in, then he got infected, they took it out, but we're thankful for the infection, that was a blessing too, because he really didn't need a defibrillator. This all happened because of that toxic storm that occurred from breakdown of the tumor. But I would have injected him with thymusin alpha, 100% for better protection. Thymusin beta, you also, it's thymusin beta four, but you also might hear it as TB500 or see it as TB500 on a website. Thymosin beta four is also in that stack, that Wolverine healing stack. Now, would I have used also BBC 157 and TB 500 with my dad? Yes, yes, absolutely. And actually, now that I'm seeing it, I should give him some TB 500 because he has ankle issues. And I'm wondering if it would help him because TB 500 has a bigger impact on bone healing. Now that's not to say you leave it out. I still put it in for muscle and tissue repair healing, but TB 500 has a really powerful effect if you had any kind of bone injury, broken bone, effusion, spinal surgery, ankle surgery, but it still does help with wound repair, still helps. So TB 500 is the synthetic version of thymus and beta four. They're used interchangeably Name-wise, it's a naturally occurring peptide found in almost every tissue in the human body. And the only difference is that thymusin beta-4 is produced in the thymus gland. Thymusin, thymus, ancestral supplements, the thymus gland, all immune system. And TB500 is produced in a lab, but it's actually very, very hard to find thymusin beta-4. I know many of you are going, well, I want that one that's naturally produced. I get it, but you're probably not gonna find a bottle of thymosin beta-4. You're going to purchase the TB500 structure, the TB500 peptide. So these peptides speed up the process through which actin builds cells in the body. Actin is a protein responsible for the action and formation of most of the cells in our bodies, including injured tissue and bone. Bone, bone, bone. Now, ladies, TB500 also helps with hair. So it speeds up hair growth, it has been said, to help with hair loss, although I have not seen studies on this, have not seen studies. Reduces joint inflammation, it's antimicrobial, anti-inflammatory, so yes, I am going to use this before I go on two trips, because I don't want to miss you guys at KetoCon, I want to be there, I'm speaking, I want to meet you all, you have to come listen, so I don't want to be sick. So I am going to add in BPC-157 and TB500, to my regimen coming up very soon. I like to start about a week or two before a big trip or before travel, and then, of course, immediately after surgery, immediately after surgery. TBF 500 has also been used in patients with TBIs and strokes. So I talked about thymus and alpha for a stroke, post-stroke, TBIs has a neurological effect which I think is absolutely amazing. And you know, here's the other thing with with peptides and I started talking about this in the beginning about the FDA can't once you know, they get their hands in it, mess things up, shoot things down, make things illegal. Really, you want to protect us and make things illegal that harm us, that we know do harm? You should've been working about 2 years ago and starting then. Don't picking on peptides that can actually do a great Job. I believe that if allowed, peptides would be the next wave in medicine because they have these healing effects, but they're naturally occurring. So you can't make it into a drug. You just can't. So with thymus and beta-4, higher doses, again, they're tolerable. They're totally tolerable. If I had a really bad injury, especially of bone, If I had a TBI, especially right after a concussion or a TBI, I would do a higher dose of the thymosin beta 4. 1.2 grams, 300 micrograms would be good for once a day. What did I take? I think my post, my healing stack was I split dose the BPC. I took the BPC twice a day. And then I took the thymosin beta once a day. And thymosin beta, actually you don't need it for that long. And you can go every other day for like a non-injury kind of just general anti-inflammatory or maintenance for a TBI kind of thing. You could do that ongoing every other day. But I would pound it hard in the beginning after an injury and go once a day for that. Now, last thing I'll talk about, I'll just wrap it all up together with immune peptides. I already talked about thymusin alpha-1. So we stack that for immunity with TB-500. I talked about that as well. And, oh, TB-500. I mentioned thymus and alpha post-heart attack. TB-500 can protect heart tissue after the big C or after the CV. We're seeing a lot of myocardial infarction, myocarditis. TB-500 can be kick butt for that antiviral, did I mention antiviral? And it suppresses the production of the inflammatory IL-8 and TNF-alpha, which is tumor necrosis factor alpha. So many benefits with these peptides. It is just bananas. So those are your, what you can use for healing, you can also use for immunity. And then it it is worthy to note the GHKCU. I was talking about GHKCU copper peptide and C60 being amazing for your skin. So C60 Purple Power, that link is on my website under My Favorite Things. Love that, love that, love that. I downed pretty much a bottle of that in a week post-surgery, and that is fantastic for hair growth. It's also really good for your skin. And then the GHKCU from a Seer Custom, that's a great skin serum. Also, it can be applied to your scalp for hair growth, hair regrowth, hair strengthening. So GHKCU peptide can also be injected. So that's another peptide that you can get from a research site and reconstitute it and inject it for better skin and hair. And I also use that in my recovery too because of the tissue healing and skin repair. It also stimulates collagen production, collagen and elastin. Now, I know you're sitting there thinking, where can I get these peptides? So I'm going to tell you, you have to get them from a research facility. My two favorite ones, and I will let you do more research, and perhaps I'll put out more information on this. See, this is a very touchy subject. We have to walk around it because the FDA says no, and then the biohacking community says yes, and then... You have doctors prescribing some peptides, but not all peptides, because you can't prescribe these peptides over here, because we deem them able to be put into a drug, so God forbid you do that. But you can prescribe these peptides over here. So where I purchase, uh, that's how I'll phrase it. This is where I purchase my peptides. I go to peptide sciences or limitless life nootropics. Those are two well-recommended by many of my biohacking colleagues and peeps. These are the two sites where they go. And when you go to these sites, you can read more about the individual peptide. And many of them actually offer citations or research articles that you can go and look up that particular claim or that particular study that's been done on that peptide. So that is, wow, the peptide episode. I know you guys have been dying for this. I've been trying to figure out how to bring this to you, this touchy subject matter, one where I'm not getting taken down. I didn't tell anybody to do anything. I just told you my experience and what I use, right? Right. So feel free to let me know your experience. Find me on all the socials. Find me on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel because then you get all the new stuff that pop up. Tell me how you do. Let me know your experience with peptides and we'll take it from there. Maybe we'll do an all of that peptide part two. Deep dive. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you loved it. And as always, if you would be so kind to leave a review, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, that would be absolutely amazing. I read all of them. Also, anything that you hear on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any kind of medical condition. So we always recommend that you check with your medical provider, your doctor, your nurse practitioner before implementing anything that you hear on this podcast. And if you want to find out more about working together, you can click the link below in the show notes to book a discovery call. And there you'll be talking to a member of my team. They are an extension of me. They are amazing. And you and I will talk after that once we get you all signed up and you and I get to work together. All right. I hope to see you soon.